going on, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. If you're just new to Prize Picks, you can get a deposit match of up to $100 by following the link in the description right here on the Mayo Media Network. Make sure you're following the Mayo Media Network on Twitter. Like this video and subscribe to MMN. We will have a Prize Picks video for you a little bit later on. I am Chris Meany. Welcome in. Five games on the ice tonight. I got Cecil Peters hanging by to break it all down. We got some picks, some DFS props for you. Uh, the whole works, everything. Hopefully some winners. Cecil, what's going on, my friend? Nothing much. It's a good day. It's Calgary Flames blasty jersey night, so that's always a nice way to finish the night. So looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah, you seem fired up about that. Uh, yeah, I at, love those jerseys. S, uh, yes, for sure. Um Flames and Canucks, you're not sick of beating up on the Canucks, are you? Not yet. Not yet. No, not yet. It'd be the fourth time that these two teams play each other. So let's get right into it. We have an early game, 5 Eastern, the first game of the night between the the Florida Panthers here and the Carolina Hurricanes. And the Hurricanes are scoring goals left, right, and center. Uh, We talked about them on Monday and how potent their offense has been, rolling all four lines and really just getting contributions, Cecil, from all four of their lines there. 150 favorites today on home ice, five and seven against the spread. Panthers, they've won three of four. They took two of three against the Bolts. They're plus 129, five and eight against the spread. The total here, six and a half. And Carolina scored at least four goals, Cecil, in eight of their past nine games. They've won three straight and four of five. So if you are getting involved from a DFS standpoint, it is just showdown. So the main slate just has the four games here today. But um, any interest from a betting standpoint? Do you have any feels here? Where are the goals going to come from? Talk to me about this Hurricanes-Panthers game. So the Carolina Hurricanes kind of remind me of Montreal in a way where they have the three solid lines. They can just roll the lines. They have really good possession numbers, kind of like Montreal. The one difference is where the Montreal games play to the under a lot because they can't score at the rate Carolina does. They also keep pucks out of the net at a better rate. Carolina's main issue is their goaltending, right? So you're giving up only 25, 26 shots a game, but you're the ways they're letting in three or four. And then at least you have the offense to match it. So these games are playing to the over a lot, which I like for showdown because I like the stack. I like the stack for goals. I don't like to play the goalies. I don't like to play for one, nothing, two to one games, which we've been getting a lot on the showdown slate. So I'm very optimistic that this will be a six, five, six, four type game and hoping that we can hit the over as far as a winner. I think it's going to come down to goaltending and it's going to be Chris Treger for the Panthers. And I'm not sure who's starting for Carolina yet. Yeah, we don't know. I, I would assume it's James Reimer. We played this guessing game uh, with Matty Best and Eric Young on Monday with the Hurricanes. It was Nadelkovich who was coming off a win against Dallas. I thought maybe they would go back to him, but it was Reimer. So, yeah, we, we don't know. Yeah, Drager is getting the start for the Panthers. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that I think you can go here. We talked about Jordan Stell on Monday. He was part of the the FTN Fantasy waiver waiver wire rankings over there at FTNFantasy.com. It's just a guy who, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but Jordan Stahl's a top 30 skater in fantasy this year and a top 10 player in leagues with face-offs for people who play in those leagues. But all he did was score two more goals on Monday. He has six goals, eight assists on the season. He's got a goal in three straight, four of five. Like if you're going to pick, it is, I agree with you hundred percent. When I look at this Carolina team, it's, it is a lot like Montreal and the fact where they do roll the three lines. 
McGinn up with Aho and Taravainen, and then Stahl is mostly playing with Sveshnikov, and then they have a third line who can come at you. I guess the quote-unquote second line with Trocek as well, right? They have, like, so many different avenues here, and it doesn't even really correlate all that well because you get the number one power play, and you have a guy, you, you pluck Stahl off here, and Sveshnikov, you get Trocek, you got Aho in there, so it's tough. Like, if you were to pick maybe two Hurricanes, who would they be? I think you got to ride with Tara Vyman right now just because he's kind of the hot hand. He started off a little slow, and then I think he missed a couple of games with injury or illness. And now he's kind of picked it up. He ate that, I think, three points last game, and he had a goal taken off the board. So he's hot. Sveshnikov's always a guy I like to play just because you know he's going to at least try to get some shots on net. And like you said, and you got the instant payoff, the Jordan Stall call, that worked out really well for you. I don't love playing Stall. Mm-hmm. just because he's not the flashy offensive guy, but his results are there so far this year. So it's hard to stay away from that. What about any shot props here? Looking at DraftKings Sportsbook, not a whole lot available right now. I mean, check in a little bit later on. They'll have some. I mean, see Dougie Hamilton, three and a half is, is plus money. Aho is two and a half, minus 134. Sveshnikov, one. 48 uh, minus 148. That is, I have no problem actually going back to Sveshnikov. I know he hasn't hit in the past couple games, but I, I do like him in this spot. I usually just stay away from the Panthers like Barkov. I know he's hit most times Cecil, but I don't know. He's more of a pass first guy. Huberto, same sort of deal. Duclair finally got the over in his shot prop. He was interesting to me the other day, but I didn't get there. Um, to be honest with you, it's probably just Sveshnikov here. He's 13 to one first goal plus 190. Uh, for any time goal, do you have anything there that you're thinking? No, I pretty much agree with you there. For the shot props, I don't love to target Carolina just because they limit the shots against. I'd almost rather take mm-hmm. a to-score prop just because you're going to get less shots but more goals with their goaltending. And same thing with Florida. They're actually a pretty good defensive team so far this year. I'm not sure if that's just an aberration or if that's actually who they're going to be this year, but they're limiting shots against. So even the Carolina guys – you look at the last four games, you got Dougie Hamilton with 14 shots. And then after that, Ajo's got 12, Nino's got 11, Sveshnikov's got 10. So even those guys, Dougie Hamilton shooting the most, but a three and a half for a defenseman, that's not a route I usually like to take. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. I Yeah, I, 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 Florida's going to get a real test here. Now, they had one when they played Tampa Bay three games in a row, and they won the two of the three. Um, but, you know, but Detroit, it comes with a bit of an asterisk, though. So. Yeah, right? Because Veselowski played, what, one game? Yeah, and he didn't have Stamp Coast for the first two games. And the yep. first game especially came as kind of a surprise. It was a last-minute, oh, all of a sudden we're missing our best player and captain. And then the last game, the 6-4 win, if Fazilevsky's in that, you don't win that hockey game. You're not scoring six on him. So yeah. it comes with a bit of an asterisk, but they keep winning, and eventually you're going to have to look and be like, well, these guys are winning games, and they're the real deal. So I think they play Carolina once and then Detroit twice, so we're still not going to know the real Florida team for a while, mm-hmm. but this will be a big step if they can win this game. Yeah, for sure it will be because they Detroit twice, Nashville twice, Detroit twice, right? So I'm not overly impressed when they win those games and they're keeping the puck out of the net two or three times there. But we laughed on this show a couple times about riding Veseleski, and now we know why, right? Curtis McElhinney yeah. <laughs> it seemed like he's all that good. Uh, okay, let's bring in Matty Best here and talk about his Leafs. Uh, we got Ottawa and Toronto, minus 286. I'm seeing minus 300 in some spots here, uh, just like the other day. Really got to lay the, the juice here. It's not for me. Six and a half is the total. Ottawa plus 240. The Sens, those pesky Sens hanging around uh, most games, 7-11 against the spread. Toronto, 6-10. and 10. Matty, what happened? 
to the Leafs the other night, but they forgot how to play hockey. Um, it's it's a case of February plus the Leafs equals no bueno. If you look back to last year in February, that was the David Ayers game. If you look to oh, February right. of this year, it's the what the hell happened? It was five to one. I, I legitimately draw no correlation between the two. It's just a matter of the Leafs have had this problem with this roster, and I'm talking about the Austin Matthews era roster. Where if they get a two or three goal lead, they just take their foot off the gas. And it's not even to play defense. It's just they stop. They completely stop playing offense. They completely stop pressing. The defense feels like they're activated all the time as soon as like there's a two goal lead. And it doesn't matter if it's Morgan Riley or the most defensive defenseman in the world. They feel like they can go up and join the rush. It was embarrassing. I, I said earlier that the Detroit Red Wings beating the Nashville Predators was the most embarrassing game of the year, but this one takes the cake, and I don't think it's even close. That being said, I won't go to the Leafs on the money line. I will go to them on the puck line tonight and oh, baby. go after it, and I will go after the over. I think my early over parlay is that Panthers-Hurricanes game and the Sens and Leafs game here. Um, I also, on behalf of myself and EY, you were absolutely right. That Carolina-Columbus game was definitely over, and we should have talked ourselves out of it, just to set that <laughs> one straight. We were saying, don't don't talk yourself out of it. Oh, uh, we should have. We should have. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all good. Um, yeah, we were, all three of us were back and forth in the total. We, we thought that the Leafs would do their part, but we weren't sure if the Sens were, were going to do their part, and they certainly did. And I wonder about EY, how he was reacting. I know he had texted me earlier in the night. He said, wow, the Leafs are awesome. I said, well, they're playing the Sens. He's like, well, the Sens are awesome too. You know this. And then later he texted me. He's like, I feel sick. <laughs> then that was it. So, um, yeah, it's, this game isn't for me. I'm not going to I'm not gonna get involved. I get what you're saying, Matt, puck line. I'm sure maybe the, the Leafs will, I don't know, they're going to be ticked off. We know that they can score, right? I mean, Austin Matthews leading the league, 13 goals, got 11 goals in his past 10 games. He's been unbelievable. He's probably going to score again. Cecil, he's minus 148 for an anytime goal here, plus 650 for a first-time goal. What do you think about this game? Leafs just come out flying here or the Sens got a little bit of confidence. They're hanging around with some of these teams. They beat the Leafs two to three this year. This is one of the games to me that you can watch and be entertained without having a single dollar on it. <laughs> Just because you don't, you don't know what you're going to get. And Ottawa and Toronto, they both play really fast. We've been kind of seeing this coming with Ottawa where they're playing evenly with teams on the ice, but their goalies just aren't making the saves. So they're finally getting a few saves and now they're finally starting to put the puck in the net a bit and they're, they're a little more competitive. So I don't think that anybody should be minus 300 against them. So I don't think you can bet the Leafs side. And I don't know if Toronto is going to let them beat them twice in a row. So I don't think you can bet the Senator side for that reason. So for me, it's almost a game. You just sit back, you watch and enjoy and watch the young players on the Senators and see how the Leafs respond. Yeah, we can. We'll recap at the end for for some DFS plays if there's anything that that stands out. But Matthews is more expensive than McDavid and Drysaddle. That's just where it's where it's where we're at, right? I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong. I mean, he is averaging more DK points per game than than those two guys. I mean, Drysaddle 14.8, McDavid 19.3, and Matthews 19.7. It's all about goals, right? It's, I mean, it's yeah, just goals like, goals in the matchup, yeah. Chicks dig the long. It's hard to, (laughs) yeah. Um, But I do like the auto. I do like the jam on the Ottawa side. Like I like Brady Kachuk a lot. I like his attitude. I like that he's kind of accepted 
that they're not going to be a great team and he's got a good attitude, whether they win, whether they lose, he knows what they're striving for in their future. So I think he's going to be the captain of this team probably next year and him and Chabot. I mean, I like watching both those guys play a lot. Yeah. Would you get involved with any of these shot props? I always pass on the Leafs like Tavares, Matt, what's your thoughts on Tavares to be honest with you? I, I like, he's getting a lot of heat, uh, you know, north of the border. You're close to Toronto. Follow a lot of people in the, in the media in Toronto. Um, what do you think of Tavares so far this season? Uh, when he produces, Tavares, is, just because he plays in Toronto, I think it's a case of if you're oh, getting paid oh, that yeah. much and you don't get points, then you're therefore a shitty player, which I think Tavares has lumped himself into by not getting points after his hot start. But you look at the things he's doing on the ice, it's not his fault he's had a revolving door of line mates. And I think a lot of the onus falls on Keefe, where Tavares and Nylander hasn't necessarily worked out this year. And you can't really bring a guy like Marner off of Matthew's line to fix a Tavares line. I think maybe this sounds so bad, but when Galchenyuk comes in, maybe Galchenyuk can be a bit of a spark, which sounds terrible. But I'd honestly like to see VC get a chance up with Tavares again. Maybe Tavares just needs another guy on his wing that's an actual sniper instead of Zach Hyman. Because Willie's shown that he can go into the corners, and when Hyman and Willie are both in the corners, Tavares is alone by himself. Whereas when Matthews and Marner have Hyman, Hyman goes in by himself, and it's Matthews and Marner who are able to set things up in front of the goalie. Um, this Joe Thornton experiment, I also think, needs to end, which has a lot to do with it. He needs to go back to the third line and just be that third line center. Um, Tavares, I keep going to the well for though on shot props, and it keeps breaking really? my heart. Yeah, so, I'm not into it, man. Yeah, I, I so don't... I mean, it keeps going up. It keeps turning into plus money, and I just get suckered by it because I'm just waiting for him to have like a four or five shot game, like we know he can do. It's just uh, I can't go to him anymore until he shows me something. Just like I was saying about the Preds on the last show, until he shows me something, I'm completely off of him on DFS. I'm completely off him on shot props and any sort of props for that matter. Yeah, he has had at least three shots in four straight and five of six. I'm seeing two and a half. I just, I usually don't get there with him, but it could be one to maybe visit. I mean, I'm, Marner's never a guy for me, Cecil. Matthews is minus 240 at three and a half. Other spots, he's, you know, four and a half shots. I mean, he'll probably, he could easily get to four or five of them, but I'm just, it's not a bet for me. Marner, pass first guy, Shabbat. I know you guys both have been on Shabbat and he's been, um, he's been hitting for you guys a little bit here and there. Kachuk, same sort of deal, three and a half. I mean, Dadanoff, why not? We can ride the hot streak here with Dadanoff. He's plus 125, two and a half shots. This is, I mean, he, he's coming off the big game. He's a former, I mean, in Florida, all he did was score and shoot the puck. I know he had better teammates and better line mates in Florida than he does with, with the Sens here, but he's got three goals in his past two, four, uh, five of his six goals have come in the last five games here. So he's coming in pretty hot. He's got three shots in back-to-back games. He's got um, at least three and four and three of four. What do you think, Cecil? So I'm kind of the opposite of you with Mitch Marner. He's kind of got the label as the pass first guy, but lately he has been shooting the puck a lot. He's usually hitting three or four shots a game. I like targeting this game for shot props because unlike Florida, Carolina, these teams aren't very good defensively at all. So they give up a lot of shots and Marner has been plus money over two and a half, I think the last four or five games and he keeps hitting it. So because he gets the label as a pass first guy, I think you're seeing a little bit of value there. And then as far as Ottawa goes, I rode Chabot for probably, five or six games and like any of these guys they'll hit for a few games in a row and then all of a sudden they'll kind of slow down so 
I might get back on the Brady Kachuk wagon. I rode that one for a while, but it's always three and a half, which is tough. Um, I wish yeah. we could see a Nick Paul shot prop because that line has been playing really well, <laughs> yeah. but you're not going to get it for that guy. Yeah, in, in, not on DraftKings Sportsbook, definitely not. <laughs> no. um, yeah, what do you think about the total? I This is the second of two or three. You know, they're going to play again tomorrow. We could get Hutchinson in net, correct? Best. Yeah. And if that happens, we're – are we not slamming the over here? Pound the over. Pound the over. <laughs> Do you agree, Cecil? I find it super. I find it really hard to bet the over right after a game goes over ten or eleven goals, just because usually they yeah. tighten up. But I don't know that these teams have the capability or the goaltending to do that. So if there ever was a scenario to go back to the over again and again and again, this is probably it. Yeah. Um, I mean, just looking at the five on five numbers with the Sens, probably not breaking any news here, but high danger chances allowed at five and five per 60 minutes, the fourth most shots against seventh most goals against second expected goals, top five, and then scoring chances allowed is in is third. So any, even the Leafs are in the top 10 and high danger chances allowed themselves. So if it's not Anderson and they should maybe just, he's going to get a break, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, uh, we could see it tonight, especially after that that tough game that he just had. So, yeah, you're right about Marner. Um, he is usually a guy that I stay away from, but the shots have been there. The shots have been there with Tavares, too. I think this is a good game to target, even if you want to get involved with any time goals, have some fun with first time goals, and maybe just two-point nights or, or something like that. I mean, Marner to have a two-point night plus 130. Matthews to have a two-point game is plus 138. So uh, I don't, you know, I don't think there's any problem with that. Um, you want to get to Calgary, Vancouver right now? Let's talk about it. We're, we're kind of going out of order yeah, here of, of times, but let's do, let's do flames and Canucks Calgary minus 155. The total here is at six, 133 for Vancouver, eight and 11 against the spread Calgary seven and eight against the spread. This is the fourth straight meeting between these two teams. They split the first ones three, one each. Uh, and then the last game was four, three for Calgary in overtime. Vancouver got a late one from Brock Besser and then Calgary won in overtime. What do you think here? Another, another win for the flames. I obviously hope it's going to be another win for the flames, but the one thing they really need to do is get off to a better start. They've been outshot significantly in the first period, both of these last two games. So that needs to stop. Markstrom sold them in the game, which is kind of why you signed them, and it's making Vancouver look a little foolish for letting go. Mm-hmm. But that's really the key to this game. Is Vancouver's getting out to the hot starts. They jumped out to a 2 nothing lead last game. I think it was a one nothing lead the game before. So Calgary's got to fight their way back in, which against Vancouver, who gives up a ton of shots, a ton of high danger chances, and doesn't have great goaltending, you can get back in the game. But just for the sake of your own team, you might as well give yourself a lead for once. So I think that's the key to the game is they got to start out strong. I hope uh, Backlund's back. He missed last game. And his line with Lucic and Mangiapane has been really good. So I'm hoping that he is back in that line can get them off to a hot start. Where do you see the goals coming from for Calgary? Um, even if, you know, Backlund's not back. I noticed just looking, again, five on five, the uh, – the Goudreau Monaghan and they had Dominic Simone on that line. That was the line that created all the offense. I mean, it, 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 between both teams, they generated the most shot attempts at five on five shots, scoring chances, high danger chances. It was, it was all that line. I mean, eight scoring chances, five high danger chances for that trio. Uh, do you think they stick together tonight? It, honestly, it all depends on backwards. So yeah. I don't like seeing Simon up there just because he's got less skill than a guy like Sam Bennett. 
But Sam Bennett's really versatile, so he can play that third-line center, which he does when Backlund's gone. And then he plays with Lucic and Dylan Dubé, which was an awesome line for them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good line for them, but it hurts the rest of their roster, right? So when you got those three guys playing together, all of a sudden you're taking Dubé off of the Kachuk line. You're taking Bennett off of the first line with Goudreau and Monaghan. So I hope Backlund's back so they can get back to their normal lines that have been kind of working for them. But I really like the Lindholm line if Mangiapane is with them just because he's really generating a ton lately for them. Mm-hmm. So it all kind of depends on whether or not Michael Backlund plays. For me, I'm not seeing uh, on DK here for Matthew Kachuk. I'm just, I'm not seeing it, but it's something that we've hit over at FTN every single game in this series so far. We just got it. It had to sweat it out. We were all sweated out in the discord chat. We're like, where is Matthew Kachuk? Where is this guy in the end? I think he had all three shots in the third period, but he's got at least three now in three straight games. I like that. Uh, He's usually right around minus 130, 135, depending on whatever sports book. You mentioned Lindholm. He's a guy that I've had uh, a couple of times lately as well. Two and a half plus 115. And then Brock Besser is a guy that I usually go to. Two and a half minus 125. Anything there for you, shot props? I do find Calgary is really hard to hit on the shot props just because you'll see every one of these players get two shots every game almost. Kachuk will get two, Lindholm will get two, Monahan will get two. So I almost always go with Lindholm just because he plays a couple more minutes per game than these guys. He's always plus money. He, he does get more shots than Goudreau or Monahan. So those guys being worse odds than him doesn't make sense to me. So I just end up going Lindholm most of the time. Yeah, I think there's going to be some offense in this game. I know we haven't seen a ton of it, but at least from Calgary's side, the shots I think are going to be there. Vancouver, this is a team that it's either one or two in every single category. Cecil's shots against at you know five and five per 60 minutes, number one. Goals against, number one. Scoring chances allowed, number one. High danger chances allowed, number two. I, I know that they've, they've tried to tighten things up a little bit, and they have for the most part in this series – you mentioned the slow starts from Calgary it had something to do with it, but this is still a really good opportunity. If I'm looking at goals like Calgary, you know, to take them over three goals, three and a half goals is something that um, I'm into. I'm interested in it for sure. And if you can find a Matthew Kachuk one, that would be my favorite one. Let's move on to get Detroit and Chicago here. Uh, the Red Wings at home plus one, 10, 11 and six against the spread. Also, Chicago, 11-6 and six against the spread, minus 127. This is a game we got right on Monday, but we had to sweat it out. It was an overtime victory for the Blackhawks. They seem to be playing a lot of overtime games lately. And both of these teams have just been playing to the under quite a bit. I mean, the total is is 5.5 here. You know, I've been very impressed. We said on Monday, just very impressed with, with both of these teams, to be honest with you. Like, I'm not super impressed with Detroit, and I think that they're amazing, but they are limiting the chances. Like, five-on-five five numbers, last year they were near the top in every single category. They're still giving up a lot of goals overall per game, shots against per game, you know, bottom three penalty kill per game. Like, those, they still have a lot of work to do. But, I mean, they outshot Chicago. I think they've outshot their opponent in three of the past four games. They're not a complete pushover. And these Blackhawks are hanging around too. I know they had a rough patch where they lost two straight to Nashville. Then they lost, you know, they got the split against Columbus, got the split against Carolina, won both games against Dallas, split again against Carolina. And then that three, two victory here. I like them again tonight at minus minus one twenty-seven. I think that they, you know, I think that they get it done and probably a very similar game. Cecil, what do you think? I completely agree. I think Chicago is the better team. They're also getting buried in possession almost every game. They're getting outshot. They're getting up chance, but they're making enough for it on the power play. That's kind of where they're making their money. They're getting 
I think they're the fifth best team in the league on the power play so far this year, maybe top three. And Detroit's not a good penalty kill team. So if Chicago's going to win, I think that's probably the route for them to do it. And that's probably a route that they will have success. And they really have two lines that are going right now, right? You got Kane with the Brink that, and I think they got Pius Suter in between them right now. And that's really clicking. And then you got the Dama Kubalik with Ryan Strom. And I think it's Brandon Hagel on that line right now. So you kind of have two lines that are at least creating offense. That they like to sh- shift their lines up and down quite a bit. But you got Kane's going to get 22 minutes a game. Debrinkat's going to get 20 minutes a game. So between those guys, you're going to get enough goals to beat a team like the Red Wings. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's what it came down for me Monday. It's like, all right, who the better players here you know, are eventually going to yeah. take over the game. And that's that's exactly it. Come down to special teams. Debrinkat is really juiced here, minus 177 on DraftKings, two and a half shots. I don't think he had even had a shot in, in this last game, but he's usually been getting right around three or four. Lark and I saw two and a half over at Bet365. It was minus 180. He didn't get there either. Uh, I don't mind maybe including Debrinkat in a parlay here. Um, what do you think about him or Kane? Kane's at three and a half, minus 118. Yeah, so Dabrinkit was really hot for a while, and it's almost like all these guys kind of go through the same thing with the shot props. You can ride them for three or four games, but eventually they're going to lose. But you got I think you still have to play them each time, especially while they're hitting. I think Dabrinkat hit over two, four or five games in a row, mm-hmm. and now he's missed it a couple times, but I think that's an easy one to get back on. And I always like Kane over 3.5 just because he sees the ice so much. He plays the entire power play just like Ovechkin does in Washington. So I think I personally prefer Patrick Kane but it's hard to argue against either of them. And on the Detroit side, it is Larkin. He's the only forward that you can trust. The only issue is the coaching's a little wonky. They do weird things with the lines. I think they got him playing with Zadina and maybe Brome right now, which is kind of weird. And then on the first power play, I think they have Kristen Juice instead of Philip Ronick right now, which, I mean, it scored a goal for the last game, so you can't complain too much. But they just make odd decisions like that, which make it really hard to trust their players. Yeah, I agree. And Bantha just randomly scratched there the one night. Yeah. It's like, okay. Um, but yeah, Kane has had at least uh, four shots in seven of his past 10, 62 on the year. He did not get me that first goal, Matt. He did not get me that yeah, first goal. Dude, I, I sent that screenshot of you hitting three or four to so many people. I was like, go listen to this show. But honestly, <laughs> I was so, I was sweating for you. And I think that's the first time I've watched the Blackhawks in the regular season on purpose in a while. Um, yeah. but man, great three calls by you though. Fantastic. I had, I had hockey that night and I was on my way up and I was debating, I was debating the cash out cause it was a dollar bet. No. Right. And the cash out was four fifty five, And I'm like, nah, screw that. Like I'm going all in here. Um, my buddy sent me a cane video. He was on the pond in, in Toronto or in Toronto in Kingston. And he was skating with a cane jersey. He's like, it's just meant to be, but I was listening to it on the way up and I just didn't hear Kane's name at all in the first five minutes of the game. And I'm like, this is, this is odd. Cause usually he's just like touching the puck nonstop and you hear his yeah. name, but it was, it was Yan Mark who got it, but it was, a, it was a fun sweat. We'll get some first goals at the end. We'll call some, we'll try to call some ones. They probably, you know, a good game to target would be this Edmonton and Winnipeg game. Cecil for first goal. We're definitely going to see yeah. tons of goals here. Edmonton minus 136, the total six and a half, 118 plus 118 for the Jets, 12 and three against the spread this season, eight and nine for the Oilers, nine, five and one Edmonton, nine and eight for the Oilers. So yeah, this was a wild game. It was so fun to watch. I was, I was loving it. And then you hear all the, you know, people talking about the North division sucking so much. It's like, guys, there's so much offense in just this game alone. 
And I didn't feel like at any point the Oilers were out of the game. I know they were down 4-1, but they just kept peppering Hellebuck and peppering and peppering and peppering. And again, I look at these 5-on-5 five five numbers. It's it's all the Canadian teams are in here. So it's it's like, yes, there's lots of offense in this division, but there's some shaky goaltending and some shaky defense. It's been a fun division to watch. Like you said, Cecil, if you don't have any money on the Sens and the Leafs, you just sit back and you watch and you'll get enjoyment out of it. Winnipeg has allowed the most high danger chances at 5-on-5 five five for 60 minutes. Top five in shots against the top five in goals against expected goals against their number two and then scoring chances allowed per 60 minutes number two and Edmonton's basically in all those same categories as well goals against expected goals against scoring chances allowed shots allowed and high danger chances allowed just outside the top 10 lots of goals again or what do you think you you did say after the you know when we're talking about Ottawa and Toronto that you know maybe teams will tighten up a little bit and you wouldn't go after the over but I find it hard to believe that we won't see you know, flirt with that six and a half. Yeah, I think the main roadblock in the way to getting the over is probably Connor Hellebuck. It's not going to be whoever Edmonton plays in that. Their goaltending just isn't mm-hmm. what it needs to be for them to win. I think I've said that a million times. I'll continue to say it until something changes. Mike Smith gave me a bit of a scare for a couple games there. He played really well when he got yeah. back. But then last night, I was like, all right, this is the Mike Smith we know. He didn't, I can't say he was default for any of the goals that went in, but if you want to be an elite team, you got to make those saves. So I think Winnipeg's got a good chance to get another win here just because they're getting as they're equaling Edmonton as far as chances go. And they just have a worse goalie to shoot on. So I like that. I like the way that their lines are currently spread out with Wheeler and Shifley, even though they got buried last night, but they played against McDavid. So it's hard to fault them at that. And then it seems to me with Winnipeg, whatever lines or whoever Stastny and Ehlers plays with, that's the line that's just carrying the play for them. So right now, Kyle Connor's the beneficiary of playing with those guys for a while. It was Andrew Cobb. So I think Connor's probably the first goal guy that I would go to, at least on the Winnipeg side, just because that line is getting more chances. Edmonton was pretty clearly trying to get McDavid out against Wheeler and Shifley, and that was working for them. So I would expect they continue that. So I like the chance for Stastny and Ehlers and Connor to get more chances on that because against the McDavid line, Shifley and Wheeler just aren't getting any offensive zone time. Yeah, I, I agree. They've, they've been juggling their lines, the jets over the past, you know, a few games, but I like that Stastny Ehlers Connor line too. I was going to come in with the Ehlers first goal, but you know, he's 16 to yeah, either or either or. Yeah, yeah I, or. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. just think it, it it won't be Stastny. It would be my guess. Right. He's not the scorer. Totally. Yeah. So Connor is 11 to one. Ehlers is 16 to one. I like both those calls. I think they can both find the back of the net. Anytime goal for Connor is plus 155 and for Ehlers is plus 250. Um, yeah. They're both the trigger mans. I, I, yeah. I like that call a lot. And I'm going to be interested in them. <laughs> DFS. There's no question. Yeah. Any shot props? for you in this? I mean, Ehlers is not on here. I've seen him before in other books, two and a half. He's usually around minus If you get him at two and a half, yeah. Yeah, if you get him at two and a half, he's just shooting the puck so much. Kyle Connor hasn't been shooting a lot lately, but he's one of those guys when he gets hot, he stays hot for a while, especially if he's on that line. So I think you'll probably get Connor two and a half at a better number than Ehlers. So that's probably where I would look. And then a lot of it depends on their power play though, right? Like Blake Wheeler is a guy that they're clearly trying to get going. Paul Maurice clearly likes him. He's their captain and he's not playing very well. And if you look at the box scores, like, oh, Wheeler had a good game. Wheeler started to pick it up, but he did he did all his damage on the power play offensively. So 
I think a lot of the shot props in Winnipeg kind of run through the power play. So maybe it'll be a chippy game being the second half of a back-to-back. Maybe you'll get some more power play opportunities. And again, it's Edmonton. They're going to give up shots. So I'd probably just stick with Connors and Ehlers, though, for shots. And then on the Edmonton side, McDavid's getting seven, four, five shots a night. So it's hard to hard to say no to that one. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and sometimes he's plus money at three, three point five. Yeah. Um, even when a lot of these guys get to three and a half, like Pasternak, Ovechkin, Ovechkin hit. It didn't. You mean I think he hit in one shift last night. He was like he had one shot, and then yeah. it was like three in a row. And then um, another guy that slipped my mind, usually three and a half. Well, Matthew's three and a half. Like he's, I mean, we just talked about him. He's minus yeah. 240. Like it's ridiculous. Three and a half is tougher than you think to get past. A lot of these guys, you see them as like they're high volume shooters, but then you look at the end of the year and they're averaging around three a game between three and four getting past three. And I learned this with Brady Kachuk because I played him a few games in a row. I was like, oh, this guy's getting six shots a night. He's getting four shots a night. When you get to that second and third shot, it's really hard to get to that fourth one. So, I don't love betting the threes, but some of these guys are so automatic. Yeah, I don't either. I, I think the only one I usually take is Ovechkin, to be honest with you. He's, yeah. he's the one that even Pasternak burned us a couple times. He just disappeared. It's really, t- I agree. Totally. It's really tough. Yeah. I don't, I don't suggest it. And I know some books are yeah. Ovechkin and Kane for me. I like Kane as well. Just, and those yeah, are the Kane's two guys good. that they have the one similarity that they play the entire power play. They both play on good power plays. So Ovechkin and Kane are the two guys that I won't think twice about betting over 3.5, but anybody else, even the Pasternak is tough. Yeah, it is, it is really tough. And a lot of the books now, I noticed they're making some adjustments. They're, they're going right at three and you can get the push, but I mean, whatever you want the win, right? So it's, you got to yeah. get to four. So it's, it's really, really tough. Uh, we'll recap our favorite picks and, and shot props and first goals and all that stuff. Um, just, you know, after we get through this DFS here, let's, Let's talk DFS for this four-game slate, 7 Eastern, as I mentioned, uh, puck drop with the Sens and the Leafs. Kick us off, Matthews 8-9 on DK. He has leapfrog McDavid and Drysaddle. McDavid 8-6, Drysaddle 8-1. Look at this value on Shifley, 6-8, Tavares 6-4, Lindholm 6, Larkin 5-8, Pedersen 5-7. What do you think of top of the board at center here? It's, it's feasible to get both Matthews and McDavid in, I think. It's never really too much of an issue. I know the, the sticker shock of the price, just because we haven't seen that on DraftKings for maybe ever, with these guys bumped up to 9, 8, 8 is tough, but it's actually not as hard as you think to get these guys in. I find it's easier to get a $3,400 player to match a $4,400 player than it is to get a $7,800 player to match what Matthews or McDavid are going to do, so especially if you're playing cash games, I think you have to get both of them in and there's always value. You can always find guys at 34, 3,500. You can always find a couple of cheap defensemen, guys like Christian juice, who's playing on the first power play guys that are going to get a lot of shot blocks, guys like Arden zoo, who's probably, I don't know what his price is, but it's never more than 3000. Mm-hmm. Who's getting some shots, getting some blocks, getting a little bit of power play time. I find it's, that's usually the route I like to go when these guys are both on the slate is you play them both. You play some cheap defensemen, and then you find some value on the wing. Yeah, Zuba's min price. He's two five. Nice uh, breakaway goal from him the other night, uh, right out of the yeah. Ball. Probably won't see that again. Don't yeah. Don't don't <laughs> plan for that, but plan for maybe two shots and a couple blocks. Yeah, you don't usually see the defenseman with breakaways, um, but yeah, yeah, he just he just came right out of the box and just worked out for you. I I agree. It's for anybody who's watching and 
you know, maybe they're not big hockey fans and they're just trying to learn DFS and they, maybe that you, maybe you've played a lot of basketball DFS in your day. And back in the day when Westbrook was like jumping up there in price, he had been more expensive than any basketball player of all time and on DK. And it was like the same analysis every day. It was just, well, you got to play him. I mean, he's averaging a triple double and he keeps blowing up. And it's the same way I feel about Matthews here. I mean, the books are, the and books are all over everybody in your cash games will have him. So it's almost like you're just playing him because everybody's going to play him. If you play 20 head to heads, you'll maybe run into two head to heads that don't have Matthews on the other side. So you might as well just play the guy because he's probably going to get your five shots. He's probably going to get a goal. I mean, he's, what is he? Minus 160 to score. So everybody yeah, to knows score, he's likely right. to score a goal. So you might as well just play him and then try to beat your opponent elsewhere. Yeah. That's... But in GPP, you can almost, you can fade anybody, right? It's hot. Cause where, where sure. you're talking about basketball, these guys are getting points regardless in hockey. One, he's one hot goalie away from not getting there. McDavid's a hot goalie away from not getting there. So I can see fading them in that aspect, just because they will be 40%, 50% on, especially on a smaller slate. So you can get away from them there, but if you're playing cash games, you have to play these guys. Well, would you consider Shifley at 6'8 here? Uh, I think that's a, a yeah, pretty good sure. price. Yeah, I mean, Tavares at 6'4. I know we were just kind of all over him, but even still, he's got 15 points in 16 games. He's been shooting. If you want a piece of that line, I mean, he's 4'4. Four, four. There's a little bit of value there at the center position. Usually it's spend up at center. I feel, and then try to find the value like you alluded to Cecil at, at D or wing. But I think, you know, Shifley and Stastny are guys that I'm totally interested in. Monaghan is a guy that I've, I've kind of, man, I don't know what's going on. What do you think? I mean, he's only got two goals in the year. He's got the 12 points. So you talked about Lindholm and you want Backlund back in the lineup tonight, but a good spot for him. It just, he really hasn't just, re- the profit hasn't been there yeah. with Monaghan, even though the You're price just, has dropped yeah. down considerably. Yeah, you're just not going to get a big night from him. Like, you're going to get your six points, your seven, your points. If he scores a goal, he'll obviously get you 10, but you're never going to get 22, 23 points from a guy, which is kind of what you're looking for if you're trying to win a tournament anyway. So I don't mind him if you're stacking him with Kudrow, but if you're just playing a cash game, I don't think he's still, I don't think he's the route that you got to go with. Over at Wayne Kane, 8-4, Marner, 7-8, DeBrincat, 7-5. So he dropped down in price. He was up there near Kane um, in the first meeting between these two teams. Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, 6-8. Ehlers is 6-7. Kachuk, Matthew, 6-4. His brother, Brady, is 6-1. Goudreau is 6-5-9 here for Brock. I, you know, there's, some, there's a lot of value here with these Jets guys, Cecil. I mean, Kyle Connor is 5-8. Uh, I'm very interested in him. I know that you are as well if you're taking, you know, First goals, anytime goals for him. Um, William Nylander is a guy that I've written up a couple times. Five four, he hasn't really gotten there, but I think you know he's a, he's a great value as well. Cop five one. What do you think here at wing? I actually really like the price for Brady Kachuk. He's kind of been sixty eight to sixty five hundred for a while, and he's not really hitting value because he's not getting the points. But the team's starting to get some goals. They're starting to score, and he's always kind of in the middle of it. So I think and the line that he plays on is nice. So I like Brady there. And then I think you can also look at Ottawa for your cheap guys. I think that's probably the best team to go for your cheap players just because their lineup is so bad that you got bad players playing tons of minutes. So you got guys like Tim Stutzel, who's not a bad player by any means, but he's young and he's still cheap. He's getting a lot of shots. You got Nick Paul, you got Colin White, 
you got Dadnoff. So I think that's the route you have to go for your cheap wingers. But I mean, the guys you mentioned, yeah, it's the Winnipeg guys. The Winnipeg. Is that your favorite stack? Like, what's your favorite stack of the night? Is it Toronto, Winnipeg? What do you think? Okay, so if I'm playing a GPP, I'm not going to stack Toronto or Edmonton just because I don't – it's so hard to win with those guys, right? If you stack the Matthews line, you still got to beat half the teams in your tournament to win because everybody's going to stack the Matthews line. If you stack McDavid, it's going to be so hard. So I'm going to look away from those guys. I'll probably look away from Winnipeg as well just because I think those are the three main ones, and I'll probably go to Calgary depending on what they do with their lines. I really want to play the Monaghan line, but only if Sam Bennett's on it. I don't want to play Dubé. I don't like playing these half lines where you play Monaghan and Kutro and just skip the winner. So if Sam Bennett's on the first line, I like that a lot just because Vancouver's goaltending is so bad. They're cheap and you can fit them with basically whoever you want. Yeah. I, I get the, I get the, the Calgary call. I just feel like they've but let I wouldn't me touch down. Those guys in cash games, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they're so and they're so spread out, right? They could score four goals in each line, would have one. So I understand mm-hmm. this, and that's kind of. But they're priced so cheap that that can almost be your secondary stack. It's not like that's the guys that you need to get you four goals. You get that line with a couple goals, and then say you play the Winnipeg line. If Winnipeg gets you a couple goals, or you could even play them with the Toronto guys. Yeah, I, even just looking at Calgary their last 11 games, they've only scored more than three goals in three of them and only more than four in one. It was against the Oilers, like the 4-3 victory against Vancouver. They had the 6-4 victory against Edmonton and then 4-3 against the Jets. Everything else has been 2-3-1. But I get it. From a GPP standpoint, it does make a lot of sense. I mean, you're right. It's just you're, you are going to be going up against, you know, Leafs 1. That's why I think Leafs 2 with Tavares and Nylander is a little bit of leverage if yeah. it's that line that shows up. A lot of people will probably, you know, they see Shifley and they, they see the big game, but Connor and, and Ehlers and Stastny, it probably will be popular, but that, that is the one that, that I like quite a bit. Um, yeah. And the one, right. I will say the cheap, the cheap line that I do like, and they dominated the Tavares line last game. It's the Nick Paul, yeah. uh, not Colin White line. And Colin, Colin White was scratched for a bit at the start of the year. I don't know how he kind of worked his way back in the lineup, but they're playing awesome now. I think they had a 16 to four shot advantage against the Tavares line last game. Like they crushed them mm-hmm. and they're going to be cheap. So I think that's one place I would really like to go. If you're trying to get the McDavid's of the world. And if you're trying to get the Matthews of the world, and I think that's where you can do it. Maddie is your, your new boy, Alex Galchenyuk uh, going to be in the lineup tonight. Revenge. I, Seems this guy's going to have a revenge game against revenge. everyone. I, I regret saying anything about Alex Galchenyuk. <laughs> um, I don't think he's going to be the greatest player like ever to play, of but course I think not. he'll bring more than a guy like Pierre Engvall will. Um, yeah. From what I've some seen. some juice on the power play. He can contribute on power play. I mean, he wasn't cracking the Suns lineup, but he was productive. He shoots, he shoots all the time. Yeah. yeah like I'm looking playing, forward. Like, he was playing six minutes for Ottawa and getting four shots. <laughs> yeah, he his shot volume reminds me of a guy like Philip Forsberg, where as soon as he gets in the zone, he kind of goes, oh, shit, time to shoot, and that's it. Um, yeah. I don't think he'll make an immediate impact on this team. I think on any team, he's a third-line scoring winger. From what I've seen, I don't think he'll be playing tonight. Um, I do like some of the Leafs' bottom six scoring in GPPs, I will say that, because there is a huge internal competition right now as to who's going to stick around, because this Leafs team has so many like rotating parts on this bottom six, and especially when Wayne Simmons comes back, another one of these guys is going to get squeezed out, and you think Galchenyuk has to make room too, and right now Engvall and Travis Boyd are on the hot seat, wouldn't take any of them in my wildest dreams in DFS, 
But a guy like Mikheyev, I know I've talked about him on every single show. I, I might go to the well for him again uh, just because I think he's one of the guys that has to show up or he's also in danger of losing his spot as a third-line winger or a guy that's a fringe top six forward. Fair enough. Over at defense, we don't have anybody over 6K. It's one of those weird nights where you don't have the studs. We got Nurse at 5'9", Barry 5'8", Shabbat 5'7", Riley, that's Morgan, not Mike, 5'6", uh, Giordano at 5'5". Five, five. Quinn Hughes is just, I mean, I don't understand. Sure, I know he just so gets much. a lot of assists. Yeah, wh- why is he just, why hasn't his price adjusted? I mean, he's averaging 10 DK points per game. He's He just seems to be right around that fit, mid five range every single time. I mean, Makar was just finally, his price was finally adjusted. He was the same deal, like mid five. I don't get it. I, even against Calgary and Markstrom, I just, he just seems to be a value and a guy that I go to most nights if I am spending in that mid range. Uh, I like Pionk at four six. I know he's not on that number one power play. Um, you know, I think he was last game, actually. They kind between of rotate him between him and yeah. Morrissey. But he and he was on and they scored a couple times with him on it. So I think I think they'll probably start with him on the first. I think they should anyhow. He looked they really should. good on that power play. So I think they will and I think they should. So he's a great call. Yeah, nearly 25 minutes the other night, and he's got 12 points in 15 games, and he's been he's been hitting the score sheet quite often over those 10. But, yeah, if you're spending down here, who are – I mean, you mentioned Zoo, but who are some other guys uh, that you're interested in just maybe saving a little bit of cash here on D? Yeah, so Christian Juice, the Juice, Juice. is loose tonight. He's, I think he's probably still on the first power play, so yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to stick there. But either way, he's, he always shoots. He's always shot, even back when he was playing, I think, in Washington. He'd mm-hmm. play 16 minutes a night, and he'd get two or three shots. So he's a guy I like to go to. I've been playing Noah Hannafin a lot lately. He's always kind of around that 3K mark, and he's actually getting some shots and blocks. He's, I would like to see him on the power play a little bit, but he's not getting any power play time. Um, those are kind of the two cheap guys I seem to be finding myself on a lot lately. You know, Bouchard is a guy that we've written up at FTN uh, quite, you know, since he's he was inserted into the lineup and he, he just continues to get more and more ice time. I mean, he played 13 minutes against the Sens and he played 18 minutes against the Habs and then 20 minutes in his most recent game against the Jets. He had eight shots and 12 shot attempts. He was just shooting the puck a ton. Yeah. I don't think that's going to continue, Cecil, but four in his first game, three, three, two, two and eight. So he's had at least two shots in every game, I think the power play, you know, start to get a little bit more power play time. Maybe I know that it's Barry and he, and he logs a lot of ice time and then nurse, but he's, he's got some offensive punch, right? He was a 10th overall pick a couple of years ago. There's a little bit of offensive upside to his game. He's got the four points in six games. He opened up at two, five. He's slowly, you know, creeping up there. Yeah. His price is going it's, up, yeah. yeah it's, it's a little high, but it, I don't hate it right in that range. I think of all these guys with the offensive upside, I think he's got the the highest one, right? Like Schmidt and Edler. I'm not into Myers. These guys block some shots, but you know, I know Myers is showing up in the score sheet here and there, but I'd rather just maybe take Bouchard and, you know, knowing that he's going to shoot the puck a couple times and it could be, I don't know, each team could have 50 plus shot attempts. I like, we should easily yeah, see exactly. that in this contest. So we maybe could get some blocks there. What are you doing in net? So in net, I'll probably go with, I mean, I've been riding Markstrom lately, and it's been working out just because Calgary's somehow given up a ton of shots to Vancouver. So that's been working out for me pretty good. So I'll probably just stick with that. If you really want to get risky, I think Connor Hellbuck's a nice play just because he's going to get a ton of shots, and he's capable of shutting out any team in the league. So 
I think that's a risky one that you can go to. And then if you really want to go all in on the fade Toronto wagon, play whoever Ottawa starts, it'll be cheap. They're going to get 35 shots. And if it's Matt Murray, he's actually shown that he can stop the puck a little bit lately. So that's probably the most risky play you can make, but it's got more upside, I think, than anywhere else on the slate because it kind of gives you a double bonus, right? You're fading Matthews. So if he, if he shuts down Matthews, all of a sudden you got the benefit of you don't have a 50% on Austin Matthews. And you're also going to get a super cheap goalie, super low owned with the win. So that's kind of the risky, the risky route I would take. And I'm not scared to do that in your GPP, but for cash games, I think that's going to be Markstrom. Yeah. I, I think Markstrom has been solid. I like his price. I like the Hellebuck call, even though we could see a lot of goals there, he could still get the save bonus. As we mentioned throughout the yeah. show, the jets are giving up a lot of rubber, right? And he's, he's that save bonus could certainly be there. I could do Murray. I don't think I could do Hogberg. I, or, or Hogberg. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. I will. I will preface that with saying if it's Hogberg, I mean, yeah. this guy's been up and down in the league for two or three years. And I think it's kind of been the same story every time he plays. So. Or guy, I mean, he doesn't even know where the net is sometimes, that guy. He's yeah. just, like, completely out of it. Um, <laughs> I miss when they had Anders Nielsen. That guy was an – I would play Anders Nielsen on Ottawa at 6,900 every time he was in the net. He was either 35 points or negative 7. Mm. I like Lankin, but my problem is this: the shots, right? Is How many shots is he yeah. going to get? If he lets in a couple, then it's like, ugh, you're not going to return value. But I do like Chicago tonight to get the W. It's just he's not – I definitely yeah. don't think he'll get that save bonus. We've seen Detroit – I mean, I think you the first time you were on this show, we talked about Detroit and maybe Dallas as a team that – I think we were talking about rostering a Dallas goalie and yeah. – Detroit had one shot in the first period or something. And that shot ended yeah. up finding the back of the nets. It's like you're, you're slate, minus already. Yeah. This slate just doesn't have any of the teams I really like to target with goalies. Like I like to play goalies, good goalies against Carolina. I like to play goalies against Columbus. There's certain teams that just get a lot of low danger shots that I like to play goalies against. And this slate just doesn't seem to have them. So I think you got to just kind of stick with who you think is going to get the win and who you think can get the shots. And for me, that's got to be Jacob Markstrom. All right, Maddie, take us uh, through your thoughts in DFS tonight and then into the picks record. So from DFS right now, like you guys are saying, if it's Hoberg, stay the hell away from that Sens game. Um, but if it is anybody else but Hoberg, then, yeah, I don't mind it as a contrarian play. I'm in on the Hellebuck play. I think that's one of my favorite ones of the night for goalies. Uh, if you're being different for forwards, like you said right off the hop when you started reading the list of centers, Shifley, you immediately said, what a value. So I'm going to run to Shifley, I think. A lot of people won't be on him because of his production as of late. A lot of people go to Ehlers and Connor. Like Cecil was saying, Connor's a beneficiary there. So I think a lot of people will run to him. Uh, Florida and the Carolina game is a game I'll be targeting in terms of DFS. Haven't decided on who I want to land on yet, but that game just screams goals to me. That's my favorite over. You don't game. get that. You don't get that game on the main slate, though. That's the issue. Yeah, so they started like so much earlier for showdowns. I'll just be going straight up for goal scorers yeah. for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to recap your picks, Meanie, it was a solid uh, Monday for you. You went five for seven. The Dallas game got postponed, so that one's off the slate. Uh, missed on St. Louis. Uh, missed on Tampa, but you got Calgary, Chicago, and San Jose. Uh, you nailed both of your over unders, and I despise you for the Carolina Columbus over-under still. <laughs> Told you guys, man. man goals. He was, New Blue Jackets, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go down Kim with Atkinson EY. Is, 
damn, man, that that Cam Atkinson guy, he's hot. If Eric Young tells you to hold on and stay strong, you hold on and stay strong. <laughs> you don't say no. Um, five for seven brings you to 45 for 67. So you're getting right back up there. I think what's even more impressive is your first goal thing. So I'll, I'll give you like a bonus point for that, but I won't put it on the record. Um, yeah, you're, you're doing well. Hit us with your recap and hit us with a few first goal props. Yes. Well, let Cecil take the floor first because he's been killing it too with his props and his picks. So what do you think tonight, bud? Hey, so as far as the Shaw props, I think Ehlers and Connor are probably my favorite too, depending on what number you get. Mm-hmm. And then I like the Chicago game a little bit. I like Patrick Kane over 3.5. And I think I forgot to mention it, but a guy that's been shooting and you'll probably get at two and a half is Dominic Kubelik. He's yeah. been shooting more than to bring the past few games. So that's another one I like to go to. Those are probably my favorite Shaw props. It's really tough to play the props in the Carolina-Florida game just because these guys limit the chances so much. So I think I would take a goal prop on maybe a guy like Carter Verhage or a guy like Duclair. And then as far as picking the games, my three favorite games to pick would be Chicago, Calgary, and then my underdog of the night will be Winnipeg. Jets, I like it. Yeah, you can get Kubelik plus 120. Or plus 100, rather, over at DK, two and a half. Yeah, the shot props, I will go back to Sveshnikov. I get it. I understand they're rolling some lines there, but I think we're going to see a lot of offense, and I'm not sold on Florida. I, I'm, I just, I'm just not. I think they'll still give up a lot of rubber. So Sveshnikov, two and a half. I like the Kane call. I have no problem with Patrick Kane in there, but I also, if like the Brink hat is juiced up here at minus 177, but I, I, no problem again going back to him. I think it was just an off game. And if you just, it's, you're better off probably putting that into a parlay at minus 177. But yeah, Ehlers is probably one of my favorite ones. Ehlers, Matthew Kachuk, Dadnoff is uh, two and a half here. And, you know, sometimes you can get Dadnoff plus money. Yeah, DK is given plus 125 uh, for two and a half for him. Um, so I don't mind that one. Yeah, at you all. can get you can get the lesser named guys that are shooting the puck more on plus money. It doesn't seem to matter what their shot rate is. If they're not getting as many points, you can always get them at better at better odds. Yeah, Trocheck's usually plus money too as another guy. Uh, yeah. I'm not seeing him on DraftKings Sportsbook, but he's another guy who's just been shooting the puck quite a bit. Yeah, I, I like Carolina tonight. I like the over. I think we're going to see some goals, but Hurricane's probably my my favorite pick of the night. Carolina over. I like Calgary. I like Chicago, and I'm with you. I like the Jets. I like the Jets there, and I, I'm i not going to bet the over, but if there is an over between these four, I mean, six North Division teams playing each other, like, it's the Winnipeg and Edmonton one. Like, it, I feel yeah. like Vancouver and Calgary, same sort of deal now. We've seen two of the three go under the number, the 3-1 games. Markstrom is just too strong to, to allow more than three or four, and Calgary just hasn't shown me a whole lot offensively. So I, I think that that one would be one that I would lean with the under. I'll stay away from that Toronto Ottawa game altogether. I'll put my feet up and enjoy, and hopefully the Leafs blow another five-one lead. Shut I'm kidding, up! I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. We'll bounce back tonight. Big, big, strong statement from the Leafs. But I think the the Edmonton. If you're looking for an over out of Carolina, it's um, it is Edmonton and Winnipeg. And you know what? Under Chicago, Detroit. I think that's a good one too. I, I, you know, under five and a half. I think we'll we'll see that first time goals. Oh man. Um, Kane didn't do it for us the other night. He's 10 to one. DeBrincat's 12 to one. Yeah, These are guys that I like. 10 to one is good, right? Matthews is six to one or plus 650. Like 10 to one is yeah. good for the best player by far on the ice in that game. 
Ehlers is 16 to one and Connor is 11 to one. Cecil is on Connor, but I think they're both good plays. I'm going to lean with Ehlers there at 16 to one. Sveshnikov 13 to one. I'm not going to give Matthews, even though it seems like he just scores the first goal every single game. I like Marner. 11 to one. It's like, yeah. I'm not going to give Matthews, give Marner, but you know what I mean? Um, I think that between those two, they're just so dominant offensively. There's just, they create so much. It's one of the two for me. Um, all right. Yeah. Any final words? I'll give you one more. Yeah. I'll give you one anytime goal prop that I like. I like playing this guy all the time. You're going to get good odds on it. It's Milan Lucic anytime goal for Calgary. I know people don't like him. I know he's a big, slow plug, but you look at the lines he plays on. He plays with Backlund and Mangiapane, and they're the best possession line in the game. He plays with Dubé and Bennett. They're the best possession line in the game. So whatever line Lucic is playing on lately, it's working. He's been scoring. I'm a big fan of the big man, so I'm going to give you Lucic anytime goal. You're probably going to get plus 300, plus 350 on it, so I'll take that. Yeah. You know what? He looks a little quicker. I'll say that he does look a little quicker um, on his skates. He is actually plus 460 anytime goal. Mr. Yeah. Boom. A lot of these guys, and I tell the same thing to over at FTN with the subs, a lot of these guys, first time goal, like it's tough to hit first time goals, but I just because I'm picking them for first time, I also like them anytime goal, right? I'm, I'm liking yeah. them to find the back of the net too. Like you can get Sveshnikov plus 190. Uh, I mean, Stalls plus. 300 i i mean something's going on with him but dadnoff yeah. plus 260 kane plus 160 ehlers plus 160 so a lot of these guys uh and i didn't mention shifley two points plus 195 for for shifley two points in with the marner and the matthews those guys are both plus money to get two points as well cecil always a pleasure man where can people check you out uh where can people find your work uh, so you can follow me at Pete's on Twitter, C-E-C-P-E-T-E-S, or you can follow my YouTube channel. I usually put out a DraftKings picks or just a gambling fix video there five, six times a week, and that's just Cecil Peters on YouTube. All right, good stuff. As always, good luck tonight to you, sir. And anybody looking for an FTN sub, use the promo code MEANY. Check out FTNBets.com, FTNDaily.com. Got some seasonal stuff over there. Weekly waiver wire rankings, four game streams, ads, drops, rest of the season rankings for all you season long people out there over at FTNFantasy.com. Leave a comment in this video if you have a question. Uh, I will circle back before a puck drop. Good luck tonight. We'll catch you tomorrow. Cheers. (laughs) 